What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Bragging Rights with your boy, Golden Blue Dude. It's been a long week, not gonna lie, but I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to the Super Bowl. Now, the NFL isn't my forte, it's not my expertise, but I'm gonna try to slide in an NFL Super Bowl prediction at the end of the show, an educated guess, not, not, you know, in-depth analysis, but just a quick educated guess. So we'll slide that in at the end of the show. But first I want to talk about what I am strung on. And that is I'm strong on college basketball and college football. So we're going to talk about college basketball, March madness. I call this segment the map to March madness. And what, what I want to do real quick is talk about, a few teams that are getting really, really cold right now, but a few teams that are also getting really, really hot. Now, first of all, we have to talk about Gonzaga and Baylor. Those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. There is no doubt about it. If you look at both teams and their statistics, Baylor beats their opponents by an average of 26 points. They are blowing people out left and right. Now, that doesn't mean they beat everybody by that much. That's just their average. That's a pretty good average. In Zaga, they beat their opponents by an average of 24 points. So Baylor actually has a higher margin of victory, and I do think that Baylor has had a tougher schedule. And that's why... Whenever I put out my personal brackets on my YouTube channel, Golden Blue Dude, go check it out sometime. I have my own YouTube channel. It's right there on the screen, Golden Blue Dude. Um, I do my own brackets, and I actually have Baylor as my personal number one overall seed. I think they're. I, I do think Baylor is the better team. Um, they're winning by a higher uh, margin of victory, and they've had a tougher schedule. So I think Baylor has proven that they are the best team in the nation right now. And that's not saying that Gonzaga is not a good team. Gonzaga is a really good team. I think Gonzaga is the second best team in the nation. But just going by overall perspective, uh, margin of victory, how teams have looked against certain teams, my team, West Virginia, actually scared Gonzaga. Baylor hasn't been scared yet. Not yet. They might, but not yet. We'll get a crack at them here in a few weeks. West Virginia will. But uh, West Virginia played Gonzaga really, really good. We ended up losing by, I think, five points. We were actually winning that game for a while. So we played Gonzaga, you know, relatively close. So in my opinion, I think Gonzaga is the number two team and Baylor is the number one team. But besides those two, and we, we all know that those two are head and shoulders above everybody else. That's, that's a done deal. That's a given. That's a fact. But I wanted to take a look at some teams that are getting hot and some teams that are kind of cooling down. So the first team that I want to look at that's cooling down is Tennessee. Tennessee started off, I, I believe it was either 8 or 9-0 undefeated, and they've grabbed three quick losses. Uh, the last two losses were particularly devastating. The first one was against Florida on the road. Florida's 8-4. and four. They're an okay team, but they're not a good team or a great team. And Florida just mopped the floor with Tennessee. They made them look silly. Um, they beat them 75-49. to 49. That is not a top-10 team. And Tennessee, I believe, was 7 or 8 at the time. I know they were top-10, and uh, they fell all the way down to number 18. And then after that, they lost to number 19 at the time, Missouri at home. 
uh, 73 to 64. They were more competitive, but the game was not really ever in doubt. So Tennessee is starting to um, have a big slide in college basketball. So they're starting to cool off uh, dramatically. So I'm going to keep my eye on Tennessee. Um, they fell uh, pretty pretty steeply in my brackets. Um, at one time, I had them as the number one seed. Uh, I believe they're down to a five or six seed in my brackets now. So uh, yeah. Falling off, uh, falling off a cliff. Another team that uh, has seemed to cool down dramatically, and that's Clemson. Now they did grab a nice win against Louisville, uh, number twenty-five Louisville, and Louisville is a pretty good team to stop a three-game skid. Clemson climbed all the way up to number twelve in the AP top twenty-five before they hit a three-game losing streak, and. Uh, it wasn't a pretty losing streak either. I believe they lost to uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. I believe that's correct. I know, I know, uh, I know they lost to Georgia Tech and Florida State. I think Virginia Tech's the other one. Not one hundred percent sure, but three game losing streak. They do bounce back against Louisville, so maybe uh, maybe Clemson can keep it together and stay in the uh, in the race to get to March Madness. But they fell completely out of the AP top 25 after those three straight losses. The last team that I want to talk about as far as super cold right now is Kansas. Kansas is not looking very good at all. They're on a three-game losing streak as well. Uh, their last two losses uh, at number two, Baylor, 77-69. to 69. That's actually a respectable score considering who they were playing, and it was on the road. So that that one, you know, I, I can let them slide on that. But then they go to Oklahoma and they also get beat seventy-five to sixty-eight. Uh, Oklahoma actually got ranked, so that's not a bad loss as well. So it looks like Kansas just ran into you know three really tough games. Two of them uh, were on the road. The other one was Texas at home, and Texas just stomped them. But we'll see if Kansas can recover from that. They. Lost three in a row, fell all the way to number 15, and we're going to see if they can recover and get back into the top 10. But right now, it's Kansas, Tennessee, and Clemson that are the biggest fallers. Uh, they're really, really cold right now. Now, the hot teams right now, the first one, number 24, Oklahoma. Um, two very, very good wins. Uh, a win against Kansas State, which Kansas State is at the bottom of the Big 12. But Oklahoma just obliterated them 76 to 50. And then they took down number nine, Kansas at the time, 75 to 68. So two good wins. Oklahoma gets in to the AP top 25 at number 24. And Oklahoma, I, I've been high on Oklahoma this entire year. I watched them play my team, West Virginia. Um, they were up by 18 on us at halftime. West Virginia did come back and tie it, but did eventually lose. And at the time, West Virginia fans were like, oh, man, that's a terrible loss at Oklahoma. They're not ranked. They're not good. I was like, hold on. Oklahoma's good. That's not a bad loss. And lo and behold, we are seeing Oklahoma is a good team. Um, another team, my team. I know this is going to sound like a homer pick, but West Virginia is doing pretty good. We had a we had a COVID issue, and we had to cancel three games in a row. Then we come back, and we just whoop. Kansas State, 69-47, and then we grab a one-point win over Texas Tech. Another come-from-behind victory for West Virginia. We were down by 12 with seven minutes left. We come back, beat them by one. Uh, you couple that with uh, the Oklahoma State road game. 
where we were down by 19 with 11 minutes. We come back and beat them. And then, of course, the Oklahoma game where we where we were down by 18. We came back, tied it, but we ended up losing it. So, yeah, my team, one of the, team that's, one of the teams that's hot right now. Then this last team, I was not expecting this at the beginning of the season. But once I saw five, six games into the season, I was like, man, I need to keep an eye on this team. And that's Alabama. Alabama is actually good in college basketball right now. Right now, they are number nine in the nation. And they are blazing through the SEC right now. The big thing for the big thing for Alabama that people don't realize is Alabama is a great three-point shooting team. Now, they do shoot a lot of threes, but they make a lot of those threes. So that in and of itself makes Alabama a very dangerous team because, you know, they say you live by the three and you die by the three. Well, right now, Alabama is definitely living by the three, and uh, they're going to be a dangerous team come March. Uh, you put them in the right bracket, and they could probably get to the Elite Eight, possibly the Final Four. It depends on what kind of defense they run into. If they can, if they run into a very good perimeter defense, something like uh, I don't know Virginia, they have a good perimeter defense. Perimeter defense that could be trouble for Alabama. But other than that, it would have to be. It would just have to be a bad matchup for Alabama because they're rebounding the ball well, they're not turning the ball over, and they're shooting the three at a a very high rate. A very high rate. They actually set a single game record uh, for. I think I think it was an, an SEC record uh, earlier this season. So Alabama is definitely a team to keep your eye on as far as March Madness. Now, like I said earlier, they're one of those teams where they live by the three and die, die, die by the three. So, you know, if they do cool down, that wouldn't be good for Alabama because they don't play particularly – good defense that would be uh, that would be their weakness uh, they don't play bad defense but not strong defense uh, they're they definitely rely on offense but right now that offense is clicking on all cylinders and uh, that's why Alabama is a top 10 team in the AP top 25 in college basketball right now keep an eye out for Alabama and it's weird saying that because you you know you say the word Alabama, and you immediately think about college football. But this year, uh, yes, Alabama won the national championship in college football. But this year, Alabama is also good in college basketball. Number nine in the nation right now, shooting the three very, very well. Um, they get the right matchups in March, and that team could go deep. Possible Final Four. Uh, as long as they don't run into somebody that has a good perimeter defense like Virginia earlier, they have a good chance. And who knows, maybe between now and then their defense gets better, so even that wouldn't be uh, you know, as big of a factor. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I got a comment from Eric. Hope all is well with you. Yeah, man, all is well with me. Uh, doing good. Love my show here on the NBS Central uh, Network, Bragging Rights, and my YouTube channel, Golden Blue Dude. We just hit 800 subscribers over there, so... Um, yeah, everything's good. Life is good right now. Everything's going well. I appreciate the comment. Um, we're transitioning out of college basketball and into college football. And everybody's like, college football? Wait a minute. College football is over. It's never over for me. It might be the off season, but I never stop talking about college football. 
So I wanted to talk about uh, the Power Five conference championships and who I think will make it to the uh, conference championships in the Power Five. And then next week I'll talk about uh, my playoff prediction. I was go- I was going to do my playoff predictions on this show, but I want to take it one step at a time. So so the first step I want to take is predicting the conference championships, and then next week I'll do the playoff prediction. So. The first, let's see. Okay, the first championship I'm going to predict right now is going to be the Pac-12. I'm I've got Washington versus Arizona State. Washington, people don't realize this. Washington was the best team in the Pac-12, but and that's this year, this past year, but they didn't get to play in the Pac-12 championship because of COVID. Instead, Oregon, uh, the number two team in the Pac-12 North went to the Pac-12 championship and beat USC. So I'm I'm very confident that if Washington would have went to the Pac-12 championship, that they would have won it. So in my eyes and statistically, Washington was the best team in the Pac-12. They just didn't get to go to the championship. And so having said that, they returned all 11 starters on offense and eight starters from defense. So they're going to have pretty much their entire team coming back next year. They were the best team in the Pac-12. So, yeah, I'm going to predict Washington make it to the Pac-12 championship out of the Pac-12 North. Now, their toughest road games at Michigan and at Colorado. That's that's not tough at all. I mean, Michigan might give them a little bit of trouble uh, now that they're lighting a fire up under uh, Jim Harbaugh's rear end. But even if they lost that, it wouldn't really hurt them that much because Michigan's in the Big Ten. Uh, their home games, they get – they get their two toughest Pac-12 opponents at home, and that's Oregon and Arizona State. So not only do they have pretty much everybody coming back, but their schedule sets up really, really nice, and that's why I have Washington going to the Pac-12 championship. Out of the South, I have Arizona State. Um, They have most of their team coming back as well, most notably their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. I think he'll be a Heisman Trophy contender next year. Uh, they also have Rashad White and Chip uh, training them for their running backs coming back, and two of their best wide receivers will be back as well. Their toughest road games, they do have a tough road game at Utah and at Washington, which they could lose at Washington because I think Washington, best team in the Pac-12. But the Pac-12 South ain't going to be all that tough. And they do get USC at home, which I think Arizona State will beat USC uh, at home. It's the the tipping point will be that road game to Utah. If they lose that and uh, USC, their only loss is to Arizona State on the road, then USC would go there. But I think Arizona State is a good enough team uh, to where they can go on the road and beat at least either Utah or Washington. If they go one out of two there, I believe they're going to the Pac-12 championship and i i think they're good enough to do that so i have washington versus arizona state in the pac-12 championship in the big 12 championship i have oklahoma versus kansas state uh oklahoma they returned six on offense but uh it's really a lot of uh even swaps because uh they do lose running back stevenson but kennedy brooks he'll be back he was a thousand yard rusher two years ago so uh the running game will be fine quarterback spencer rattler he'll be back he got better and better throughout the year last year. Uh, I believe he'll be a Heisman Trophy contender. And uh, 
Charleston Rambo went to the transfer portal, but Mario Williams will be back. So they'll be fine on offense. Oklahoma always is. The big thing for Oklahoma is they'll have eight of their starters on defense coming back, and that defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, has got Oklahoma's defense looking really, really good. Top 20 in the nation this past year. I don't think they take any steps back as far as that goes. And, uh, yeah, I have Oklahoma getting to the Big 12 championship with either one or no losses. Their toughest road games at Kansas State and at, at Oklahoma State. Uh, that one at Kansas State might be tricky because Kansas State has beaten them two years in a row. But, but, but besides that, home games against Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, I believe all those games being at home favors Oklahoma. They'll win all three and uh, at least take one out of two against Kansas State and Oklahoma State, possibly both. That's why I have Oklahoma one or two or zero or one losses. Uh, I have Oklahoma against Kansas State. I think Kansas State's going to be really, really good this year. Chris Kleiman, their their uh, coach, has Kansas State going in the right direction. I know they went four and six last last year, but uh, they were they were without uh, Skylar Thompson. Uh, he'll be back. He's supposed to be at full health. And their toughest road games at Oklahoma State, at Texas, at Texas Tech. None of those teams are going to be very good. Texas is going to be rebuilding. They just hired a new coach. Uh, Texas Tech is not very good. Oklahoma State, they'll be down. Mike Gundy will probably be fired. Uh, their home games, Iowa State, Oklahoma, TCU, West Virginia. The two games to keep an eye on really is Iowa State and Oklahoma. As long as they can split that, I think Kansas State's good to go, and I think Kansas State's good enough to beat at least one of those two teams at home because both of those games are going to be at home. And I know this is going to be like, whoa, you got Kansas State going? But I'm telling you, Kansas State is going to be really good next year, and they have a really favorable schedule. So I have Oklahoma versus Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Uh, On to the Big 10. This one also might surprise you. In the Big 10 championship, I have Penn State versus Wisconsin. I have Ohio State taking a step back. Uh, They lose a lot, including uh, Justin Fields. Penn State gets quarterback uh, Sean Clifford, running back Noah Kane. And uh, Penn State just kind of took it easy last year. I know people are like, they were terrible. But I'm telling you, they they still have the talent. It was a COVID season, and it it looked like they were just going through the motions. I think Penn State will be back with a vengeance. Uh, They did lose a few people on defense, but they have a South Carolina transfer, a Duke transfer, and a Temple transfer to fill any holes that they have on defense. And uh, they do have three tough road games at Wisconsin, at Iowa, at Ohio State. I think they'll win at Ohio State. I'm not really concerned with that, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy, but Ohio State is not the team that I'm concerned with as far as Penn State goes. It's at Wisconsin and at Iowa. Those are two good teams and two tough road environments. But I think Penn State is good enough to win at least one of those two. Then on the other side, we have Wisconsin. They return eight on offense, seven on defense. Graham Mertz, he'll be back. Uh, Danny Davis, their great wide receiver, he'll be back. Um, Defense, Wisconsin really never has any problems with defense. Usually it's offense, and we saw the offense get better and better. And their schedule, very favorable. Um, Their toughest road games at Purdue, at Rutgers. I mean, that's a joke. Uh, their home games, they get Penn State, Michigan, Army, Northwestern, and Iowa. Northwestern is going to take a huge step backwards. I don't think they're going to be anywhere good as what they were this year. 
uh, we're forgetting that this was a COVID year and this was a condensed season. We're going to see Northwestern over 12 games if it's going to play out like we think it's going to play out. Northwestern's not going to be very good, I'm telling you right now. So all their tough games at home, Penn State, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Michigan, that's a win. Army, that's a win. Northwestern, that's a win. And then the other tough one, Iowa, that's at home. That's probably a win. So I think it'll be a one-loss Wisconsin, maybe an undefeated Wisconsin against probably a one-loss Penn State. So there you go, Penn State versus Wisconsin in the Big Ten. And I know Penn State sounds crazy to pick in the Big Ten, but I always have my reasons. And I'm, I'm right a good bit of the time. I'm wrong sometimes, but I know what I'm talking about. Next up is going to be the ACC. I have Clemson versus North Carolina. This is kind of a, a no-brainer. Um, I know Clemson lost Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but DJ Ungalele looked really, really good against Notre Dame. They do lose Travis Etienne, so the running game is the biggest concern I have for uh, Clemson, but I think they'll figure it out as the, as the year goes on. And Justin Ross, the wide receiver, He'll be back, so that's good. But the big thing for Clemson, they're going to be the opposite of what they were this year. This year, their strong suit was offense. Their weakness was defense. I think next year, their strong suit will be their defense. They have 10 starters coming back. I don't think their offense will be bad, but I don't think it will be their strength. By the end of the year, I think it could be pretty even. But at the start of the year, Clemson will have to rely on that defense until uh, their offense gets more experience. And they start off with a neutral game against Georgia. I have Clemson losing that game. But after that, I have Clemson winning out. So I have Clemson going to the ACC championship with one loss. Road games at Louisville, that that might be a tough one. At NC State and then at Pitt. All very winnable. Uh, the Louisville might be a little bit tricky. And their toughest home game, Boston College. So, of course, an ACC schedule, not going to be all that tough. For North Carolina, they return eight on offense, including Sam Howell. Uh, most of their defense, 10 from defense, so only one starter. Road games at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to take it a massive step backwards. I know they got Jack Cohn, uh, the transfer quarterback, but only three starters, three starters on offense. And uh, it, it's not going to be good. So, and I think they only return like seven on defense, and their strong suit's always defense. But Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame can end up with three losses next year. But North Carolina's games at Notre Dame, I think that's a win. At NC State, win. At Virginia Tech, win. At Pitt, win. And then a home game against Miami. Last year, they obliterated Miami on the road. This year, I think they'll obliterate Miami at home. I think North Carolina could end up in the ACC championship undefeated. That is a bold prediction that I'm getting closer and closer every week to putting it in writing saying I truly believe North Carolina will get there undefeated. I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely leaning in that direction. Uh, very strong team coming back, and the schedule is not tough at all. North Carolina could most certainly end up in the ACC championship undefeated. Then the last conference championship I'm predicting is going to be the SEC championship, and that's going to be Georgia versus Alabama. Georgia could have the best offense, offense, offense. I didn't say defense. I said offense in the SEC. They have quarterback JT Daniels coming back. They have uh, George Pickens, Jermaine Burton, Arian Smith, Kyrus Jackson, Dominic Blaylock. 
and Darnell Washington and four of their offensive linemen will be back. This team is going to be a beast on offense. I think their defense will be just fine, uh, even if it's average at best. They're going to be putting up points left and right. Uh, their toughest game is going to be that first game against Clemson. I think they win that. A neutral game against Florida. Florida's going to take a massive step back. That's an easy win for Georgia. A road game at Auburn. Eh, Auburn's not going to be great. They're going to be good. It might be tough. If if Georgia does pick up a loss, I think it will be at Auburn, but I don't think that will happen. I think Georgia will be headed to the SEC championship undefeated. And, yes, I think they'll be playing Alabama. Alabama loses a lot, though. They lost Mike Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. So I think uh, they could end up with one or two losses before they get to the SEC championship. Road games at Auburn, at Florida, at Mississippi State, and at Texas A&M. That's not easy right there. Some of those teams will be taking a step back, but those are road games, and that is in the SEC. That's that's going to be tough. Uh, their tough home games, Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be better. LSU and Ole Miss. It's actually a good thing that Alabama gets Ole Miss at home because Ole Miss is going to take a step forward, and they will be the ones to challenge, challenge Alabama for the SEC West. I think Texas A&M takes a big step backwards, and I think Ole Miss takes a step forward. Of course, I think Alabama wins that challenge, and they get to the SEC Championship. But I have Georgia getting there undefeated and possibly finishing the entire season undefeated, depending on how Alabama looks at the end of the year. Because Alabama, they lose a lot. And I don't know. Alabama is Alabama. They recruit well. They have Nick Saban. They have great players. They have great facilities. The best in the nation. But let's face facts, Alabama doesn't win the national championship every year. It seems like it, but they don't. Before this last national championship, it had been two years. So I think there's a possibility that Alabama will miss the playoffs. I'm not ready to predict that yet, but I do think that Alabama will not win the national championship this year. And that's not saying they'll be bad, but Alabama has that down year in between where they're good, but they're not elite. And then the next year, they're back to elite. So it's great, elite, great, elite. That's the cycle they're in. Great, elite, great, elite. When they're elite, they win the national championship. When they're great, they most likely get to the playoffs, maybe the national championship, but not win the national championship. This is the year where they're not elite, still great, but not win the national championship. I don't think Alabama wins back-to-back. They lost way too much, and that schedule is way too tough. So, to recap, my Power 5 conference championships. In the Pac-12, I have Washington versus Arizona State. In the Big 12, I have Oklahoma versus Kansas State. In the Big 10, I have Penn State versus Wisconsin. In the ACC, I have Clemson versus Notre Dame. or Not Notre Dame. North Carolina, can't read my own writing. Clemson versus North Carolina. And in the SEC, I have Georgia versus Alabama. There you go. That's my predictions. And then next week, I am going to predict the winners of my predictions. (laughs) Sounds crazy, don't it? And give you my final four, the teams that I think that will make it into the playoffs. Might be some shockers in there. Still testing it out because I have to make sure that that I'm 100% confident in what I pick. This isn't just, 
oh, uh, I'm just going to throw something crazy out there and uh, make it sound legit. No, I do my research and, and put out the best prediction I can, even if it's surprising. Now, last segment, Super Bowl prediction. This is not my strong suit. Not going to lie. I am not proficient in the NFL. That's I don't research it. I don't watch it every every week. College football and college basketball, that's where I'm strong at. But I have been uh, catching games here and there, uh, watching some analysis uh, on ESPN, all that good stuff. We have Kansas City against Tampa Bay. Guess who Golden Blue Dude had in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season? Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, I did a bunch of research and looked into it, and I was like, yeah, I knew. It was kind of a, you know, okay, so Kansas City is the best team in the AFC, and Tom Brady, I can't go against him. So it was just, you know, common sense logic. I had, I did. I had Kansas City uh, versus Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year based on logic, not analysis or research. So it's come to fruition. Last week, whenever the uh, conference championships were going on, the NFC and AFC, I actually changed my prediction, and I said I, w- I was going to go with the Bills versus the Bucks because I was, I'm was i an underdog guy. My team is West Virginia, so I'm going to pull for the underdog. I should have stuck with my uh, beginning of the year prediction because that was correct, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. So that's the matchup we have. Now, the Tampa Bay versus uh, Green Bay game, that was a really good game. Uh, Tampa Bay built a very uh, big lead, and then Green Bay came back, made a questionable decision to kick a field goal there. Uh, I believe it was two minutes or three minutes left in the game. And uh, it didn't make any sense to me. Tampa Bay was up by eight. And, okay, if you kick a field goal there, you're still going to need a touchdown to win it. If This was fourth down, uh, fourth and goal, and uh, you either go for it or kick a field goal. He went and kicked the field goal. They're still down by five. So you would still need uh, a touchdown to win it. But if you go for a touchdown, of course, you would have to make the two-point conversion as well. But if you were to not, Make that you would still need a touchdown and a two point conversion to Titans into overtime. Either way, either way, you still need a touchdown. So that that field goal does nothing for you. It adds three points to your score. That's it. It doesn't give you any type of advantage. It doesn't help you at all. Uh, if you miss the touchdown, your defense still has to make the stop, and you have to you know score a touchdown, two point conversion. You make the field goal your defense still has to stop them, and you still got to score a touchdown. The only difference is no two-point conversion. I mean, was the two-point conversion that big of a deal? Is that Was that the decision? Was that the thing that made him make that horrible decision? That was dumb. That made no sense. That was close to the uh, Super Bowl decision by Pete Carroll to throw it when New England intercepted the ball. Remember that? Whenever they were down on the one-yard line, All he had to do was feed the beast four straight times, and Seattle would have won the Super Bowl that year. What happens? Pete Carroll tries to get a little bit cute. He he runs the ball, but then he throws a pass. New England intercepts it. One of the worst 
coaching decisions as I've ever seen. The one in Green Bay, probably the second worst. You don't kick a field goal there. That does nothing for you. What happens? Uh, defense couldn't stop them, and Tampa Bay runs out the clock. Tampa Bay is the NFC champions. Um, Kansas City, they got down by, uh, I think it was 10 or 12 points, something like that. But then they just came back and uh, just snuffed Buffalo out. Once Kansas City gets on a roll, it's tough to stop them. With Tampa Bay, uh, their defense is hit and miss. Their offense is steady, but they also go in spurts. So this is this is a this could be a shootout. My gut says take Tom Brady. It does, but my logic, my common sense says that's stupid. Take Kansas City. Look at Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. That offense is unstoppable, but it is stoppable. People have done it. The question is. Does Tampa Bay have the defense to do it? I don't think they do, but they have Tom Brady. I have to go with my gut. I know this goes against logic, but my gut told me to pick them at the beginning of the season. My gut told me to stick with them against Green Bay, even though Green Bay was the one seed and Tampa Bay was the five seed and it was on the road. This is the first time ever that a Super Bowl team will be playing in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. This, to me, this just seems like the stars are aligning. The stars are aligning for Tom Brady. It makes no sense for me to pick Tampa Bay, but you know what? I'm going to pick Tampa Bay because I can't pick against Tom Brady. It looks like this, the stars are lining up. First time ever a team is going to play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. Uh, they're not going to have to travel. I believe uh, Kansas City can't be in Tampa Bay no sooner than 10 days before the game. I think that's that's correct. So that will affect. Travel's going to affect. I, I think Tampa Bay holds the advantage in this game. It's going to be in South Florida, so they're going to be used to the weather more. Uh, Tampa Bay's on a roll right now. They're hot, and they have Tom Brady. So – Final score, how do I come up with that? Well, I think both teams are going to score a lot of points. I think it's going to be a shootout. So my official Super Bowl prediction is going to be Tampa Bay 41, Kansas City 35. 41 to 35, and it's going to come down to, uh, I think Kansas said, I don't think Kansas City will be stopped in the end. This is going to sound crazy. I think Kansas City runs out of time. I think Tom Brady scores with, I'm going to say, 30, maybe 40 seconds left in the game. Kansas City will get it back. They will have a chance. They will drive it, but they're just going to run out of clock. And Tom Brady will cement himself as the all. He's already the. You know, he's already cemented himself. He is the all-time greatest. He's proven that he didn't need his coach to get to the Super Bowl. And he proved that New England did need him to get the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady is the all-time great. And I think the all-time great gets yet another Super Bowl ring. So there you go. My Super Bowl prediction, Tampa Bay 41, Kansas City 35. 
And the deciding factor, time. I think time runs out on Kansas City and Tampa Bay pulls uh, an unlikely win. I'm going to call it an unlikely win, but I've been saying it since the beginning of the season. I'm going to stick with it. Tampa Bay, Super Bowl champs over the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. There you go. I know it sounds crazy, but going with the gut. Uh, if my gut's wrong, my gut's wrong. But I'm going with my gut, and my gut says, take Tom Brady. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking Tom Brady, riding that Tampa Bay train. 41-35, that's my final score prediction. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by. I appreciate it. I'll be back next week. Uh, either I'll be doing some gloating or I'll be eating some crow. Either way, I'm going to have fun. So y'all come back and see me. And don't forget, I also have a YouTube channel. I hit 800 subscribers today. It's growing fast. Go check it out. Go to Blue Dude. That's the name right on the screen. The name of this show is Bragging Rights. I'll be back next week. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully um, Tom Brady pulls it out, and I'll be able to do some gloating uh, for my gut because it's my gut that's telling me. Logic is saying don't do that. Gut saying do it. So I'm going with my gut. There you go. Uh, oh, Eric's from Los Angeles. I did not know that. That is awesome. West Coast in the house. That's another great thing. Before I get off here real quick, I've I've had my YouTube channel for about a year and a half now. The connections that you made, I mean, even this show that I'm doing now came from that. Um, the guys that, that, that I'm working with on the NBS Central Facebook group uh, doing bragging rights, the show, there's a lot of them are on the West Coast, man. Just the connections that I've made through uh, my YouTube channel, this uh, Facebook group, this show, bragging rights. I love it, man. That's why I said at the beginning, life is good. I love it. The connections, talking East Coast to West Coast, uh, rambling out of my head, making halfway decent pr uh, predictions. Sometimes I'm wrong, but uh, I always admit it. I try to do the best I can, though. But we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for stopping by.